Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. What's up, guys? This is Brazuca Sounds number 25. In this episode, we're going to continue our 50 year specials. Now we transition to the year of 1972, the second album that Caetano Veloso recorded in London while living there. Due to the Brazilian dictatorship, unlike his previous album, though, which was very melancholic, this one was more energetic with a rock band vibe rather than a solo effort and of course I'm talking about the album in case Tranza So Caetano Veloso went back to Brazil in January of 1972. He traveled back with his pal Gilberto Gil. But unlike in 1971, though, when both recorded their self-titled albums in the same studio, and I talked deeply about those two albums in the episode 17, now in 72, Gilberto Gil will record his new album in São Paulo. Transa of Caetano Veloso was recorded in London. Transa was quickly released by Philips in January of 72, as soon as Caetano arrived in Brazil, actually. And as I previously said about Caetano's album released a year before, that one was very sad and acoustic. However, in Transa, it was his time to go and explore a more rock and roll approach. It was his first record produced in a group format with a band conducted by Jardes Macalé. The album was recorded live with almost no overdubs. The idea was really capture that rock urgency and then mix it up with the Brazilian sauce, very famously for mixing it up English and Portuguese lyrics. This verse is a reference to the Bossa Nova song Maria Moita, famous performed by Nara Leão. Nasci lá na Bahia de Mucama confeitor. Meu pai dormia em cama, minha mãe. So this record was not only mixing languages, but also many of the Portuguese lyrics in this album are actually citations of Brazilian music. This opening song, You Don't Know Me, also has the baking vocals of Gal Costa. What she sings there is actually an old Caetano Veloso's song called Saudosismo. Caetano purposely brings this contrast that I mentioned before between the foreign language and verses in the chorus are all in Portuguese. Show me from behind the wall. Show me from 
This verse is also Maria. This is a music by a do lobo called Reza. And finally, this song has another citation of the song Hora do Adeus by Luis Gonzaga. Eu agradeço ao povo brasileiro, norte, centro, sul inteiro, onde reinou o baião. Woke down Portobello Road to the sound of reggae. I'm alive. The age of gold is the age of the age. So this song already mentioned reggae in its opening verse and also has like a reggae melody. So reggae, of course, was the emerging Jamaican musical genre that Caetano discovered on Portobello Road, that street in London very famous for its market and heavily influenced by Caribbean and Jamaican culture. That movie, Notting Hill from the 90s, mostly takes place in Portobello Road. But anyway, apparently this song was also the first time this term, reggae, was ever used in Brazil. So much so, the Caetano concert was almost cancelled in Bahia because, according to him, Caetano, the censor guy responsible for the permit, That guy could not find the term reggae in a dictionary, so he suspected it was something kind of subversive, which is in this particular case he was not even wrong. Caetano also considered this song his best lyrics in English, and I might agree. It is almost entirely in English, with the exception of the chorus, right? When he mixes it up, English and Portuguese at the same time. I'm alive and vivo, muito vivo, 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 like meaning I'm alive and I live very, very deeply. So he finally discovered a London that was not sad, cold, lonely, but more vibrant with that, with that Jamaican energy. The title of the song, 9 out of 10, it is just a reference to that very old famous slogan of the soap looks. Nine out of ten movie stars use looks. So when the song Caetano sings that nine out of ten movie star makes him cry. Nine out of ten film stars make me cry. I'm alive. Nine out of ten film stars make me cry. I'm Talking about crying, after that, the ending of the side A of the LP makes a transition to a more melancholic sound in Triste Bahia. 
triste Bahia, ó oh, quão dessemelhantes. So the song starts with this beating bow melody. And one thing very interesting here at during the song, Caetano Veloso tries to actually simulate the side of a beating bow on his guitar too. Very clever arrangement if you are familiar with those sounds. And as I already said here, this album is less melancholic, dark, than Caetano Veloso's first album recorded in London, which is more or less the spirit of that song here too. It's one of the few songs on the record that Caetano only sings in Portuguese, and the song is pretty much about the Afro-Brazilian identity in his native state of Bahia, the state in Brazil with the largest black population. Caetano was commenting on gentrification and the country life being completely taken over by urban of commerce and money. And actually, this is what he said in 1972 during an interview published on Veja. I'm not offering nostalgia as a solution. Neither am I against progress, although there is a conflict in Bahia between what is considered old and new, and Gregorio Di Matto's poem points that out very well. And here he is referencing to the poem, which is the opening verse of the song. So all the Portuguese lyrics here are not from Caetano as well. It is just a collage of a vast number of quotes and citations of not only poetry, but also capoeira chants. Capoeira obviously being the fight invented by slaves. Uh, in form of a dance and music, so the landowners will not pick up in what these ladies were actually doing, which is a huge part of Brazilian culture. of the song was composed actually by a, a capoeira master, Mestre Pastinha, from the state of Bahia, and the song has this acoustic samba melody with a lot of percussions, and there is a crescendo in the song that, according to Caetano, was made organically during the recording session. The band was just like having fun and liking to play the song, so it organically became faster at the end compared to the beginning of the song. And obviously samba is one way or the other present in most of these 37 minutes of transa, of course infused with this uh, somehow rock influences that Caetano was absorbing in England. A lot of Afro-Brazilian drumming in this track as well that makes the transition from side A of the album to the side B 
And this song obviously has over nine minutes. I'm not gonna play in full, but can appreciate a little bit more of this psychedelic samba of Caetano Veloso. Bandeirada. Bandeirada. Bandeira branca enfiada em pau forte Bandeira branca enfiada em pau forte O vapor de cachoeira não navega mais O vapor de cachoeira não navega mais O vapor de cachoeira não navega mais no mar O vapor de cachoeira não navega mais no mar O vapor de cachoeira não navega mais no mar O vapor de cachoeira não navega mais no mar O vapor de cachoeira não navega mais no mar O vapor de cachoeira Navega mais no mar, o vapor de cachoeira não navega mais no mar, o vapor de cachoeira não navega mais no mar, triste reconca. So this song here, as I said, right, is referencing the song The Long and Winding Road in its lyrics. Woke up this morning Singing an old, old Beatles song This is part of that Caetano trying to absorb a little bit more the culture he was surrounded by, even if the Beatles at the time was already broken up. And at the same time, he's also trying to talk about Brazil in this universal way. And that's why there are so many lyrics here in Portuguese, as opposed to his previous record from 1971. I wrote songs in English, as Ralph Mace asked, but on that previous record, I didn't like it because I was sad. For Transa, I was feeling better about living abroad, and I wanted to bring Brazil into the album. But when it came to the lyrics, all the words I could think of were these old tunes. So this verse in Portuguese is also a reference to the Brazilian music folklore. It's not written by Caetano. And the transa of the title refers to this mixture, right? Transaction between two languages, a college of British sounds that Caetano heard in exile when the Brazilian Northeast sounds from his own ancestry running through the entire concept of transa. Just out of curiosity here, transa these days in Brazil is also a slang for having sex, which is something more modern, probably started in the 80s or something. In 1972, transa had nothing to do when, with sexual relationships. Every article and reviews you read about transa from 1972, there's no reference to sex whatsoever. It's a long and winding road. It's a long and winding, 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 long and win
Again, these songs, these lyrics in Portuguese are a bunch of citations, again, of songs like Consolação by Baden-Powell and Vinícius de Moraes, and especially A Lenda do Abaeté by Dorival Caymmi, also Hills from Bahia. We could even argue that Caetano was somehow inventing the culture of sample in music, even though he was not using extracts of the proper songs. He was literally kind of stealing all these lyrics to put in his own lyrics. So in this particular track here, he uses four different citations from Brazilian music, unlike the next song, Mora na Filosofia, that is a, a straightforward cover. Botei na balança, você não pesou. Botei na peneira e você não passou. Mora na filosofia. And this is really a poem that, by the way, had been recorded by his sister previously, Maria Bethana, I guess, seven years before Transa came out. As I've been saying during this show, Caetano made a point for Transa to sound really like a band. So it is one of those records with a bigger impact if you listen to it in its entirety rather than only individual songs. I don't think any song here really became a big hit in Brazil, either because they're in English or more experimental, both. But that being said, too, Mora na Filosofia, the song of the background, was the most famous song from the album in that time, 1972, in Brazil, playing on the radio, asked uh, by the audience during concerts, etc. Transa had a lot of good reviews in 1972. No album from Caetano Veloso's discography has such a cult status these days as this album right here. And the original LP was released with a triple gay fold 
almost like a puzzle, right? They open in one's hand from a type of a triangle or something. And despite this very fancy graphic design, the album was released with no credits for the musicians, which, by the way, Jardis Macalé was resented for years and years as him being technically the musical director of the album, the arrangement maker, play guitar in all tracks. Caetano and Macalé didn't speak to each other for quite some time because of it, but the issue was eventually resolved later on. Caetano himself was never happy with the omission, as he always spoke of the album as a collective effort, a record made by a band, not solo, as he said. To the newspaper O Globo during an interview in 2012, How did they come up with this bullshit that looked like a lampshade but could not include the album credits? I wanted it because we were a band and I asked that the record label fix it, but it never was. Giving the musicians credit was just not a thing on albums released in Brazil. So the, the credits for the musicians were finally available during the CD reissue of 2012 when the album was remastered at the Abbey Road studio. And besides Caetano and Jardes Macalé, the album also includes the best player Moacir Albuquerque, who lived in Bahia and had played with Caetano's sisters Maria Bethania, and also has the percussionist Tucci Moreno, who was already living in London at the time and played with Gilberto Gil in Gil's self-titled album of 71. Na filosofia, pra que rimar Mora na filosofia, pra que rimar So this is Neolithic Man, probably the most experimental track on the album, very dissonant and kind of a teaser that Caetano will produce 
later on, especially in his follow-up album, Arasazu. One interesting thing here, that according to the myth, Caetano doesn't listen to his records, right? And during the documentary made about him, I guess the documentary is from 2005 or 2006, uh, Coração Vagabundo is the name. So Caetano was surprised about the song making it into the soundtrack. Spaces grow wide about me. Spaces grow wide about me. If you look from your window at the morning star. And as I said earlier, there are almost no overdubs in this record. One exception is the end of this song, finalized with sounds of a gigantic bass drum brought by the producer, uh, the Englishman Raph Mays, into the studios. Also hear the voice of Gal Costa singing the backing vocals again. She also plays some woodblocks in the track. And then the album finishes off with the with a blues called uh, Nostalgia, which is the same word in Portuguese, nostalgia. And Caetano was actually making fun of all those blues men that he used to sing, I wake up in the morning. You sing about waking up in the morning, but you're never up before noon. You look completely And as a curiosity, this song also has the participation of a 22-year-old Angela Hoho playing the harmonica, kind of a starting point of her professional career. She will only record her first solo album in 1979. As the other musicians in the album, she remained uncredited for so many years. The producer, Ralph Mace, tried to make Caetano stick around for another year in England, but Caetano decided to go back to Brazil when the producer actually got angry at him and today obviously consider one of the best Brazilian albums of all time. And that being said, is a wrap for today, folks. Hopefully you enjoyed this show. I had vocal contributions on this show from Ali Murphy. Follow me on Instagram. I'm there as Brazuca Sounds. That's all I had for today. See you. Bye-bye. <laughs> This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time.